Well, good morning, everyone. It's uh, what a great morning it is when we have baptism and all these other things. What a great song by Andy and the guys there. Um, I think I mentioned it when our first Sunday back from sabbatical, but I think about it every Sunday now. You know, the worship here and the singing here is, is just wonderful. And I will be honest, we really missed it this summer while we were gone. Well, before we get to our scripture this morning, um, many of you know that I'm a St. Louis Cardinal fan, and unfortunately, their season ended last night. Um, <laughs> that's a Cub fan that was clapping. I wasn't expecting that, but that's good, Mike. Uh, <laughs> but anyway... Um, most of you probably also heard that uh, Albert Pujols reached 700 home runs. And, uh, you know, last night was the end of the career for Yachty and for Albert Pujols. And uh, I saw something that was interesting on social media recently when Albert reached his 700 mark. Of course, he got a few more than that before the season was over. But somebody had timed how long it took Albert to run around the bases. And it probably got longer as he got older because he got a lot slower. <laughs> in these last years, but they said that he had spent five hours of his life running around the bases, and uh, I guess we can chalk that up to one of those useless uh, things that we see on social media or whatever, but um, there was something else on social media that I thought was very interesting this week that I ran across, and um, I did not hear Albert say this, but I know from hearing him through the years, I know this is something that he probably said. But it went something like this. He, he said, if it weren't for Jesus, I would not be where I am today and my life would be without purpose. I've heard kids say that they want to be just like me when they grow up. They should know that I want to be just like Jesus. And uh, I mean, I thought that was a great quote since, you know, here in this series that we're in right now, we're talking about being followers of Jesus. And, uh, you know, what does that mean for us? And uh, are we being the followers of Jesus that we, we should be? One more thing on a serious, uh, a more serious note uh, before we get to our scripture. I had a dream this week and um, I don't dream a lot or at least I don't remember my dreams a lot. But in this dream, I was in a war zone, much like the people of Ukraine are living in every day and night right now, except this war zone was happening right here in Arthur, in my neighborhood, and, and so on. And, you know, last week we talked about compassion, and when I awoke from that dream, it really made me have this sense of, of compassion, not that I didn't before, but I had this sense of compassion for those people in Ukraine who are living that nightmare that I had in my dream every day. And every night, and it doesn't stop, and it doesn't end. And I know we can't stop Putin, we can't stop the Russian army, but we can pray about that situation. And we can especially pray for those people who are stuck in that situation, not by their choosing, but uh, that's just where they live and that's what they are experiencing. And so... I think the right thing to do is just pray for them this morning. So would you, would you just bow with me and let's lift them in prayer. 
Lord, war is such a difficult thing, and it's so hard to see bloodshed and, and people suffering. And uh, Lord, we are blessed that in most of our lifetime, we haven't had to live in that or close to that. Lord, we pray that you would be with those people of Ukraine who, in their neighborhoods and in their towns, that is their reality these days. Lord, we pray for your peace to be with them. We pray for safety. We pray, Lord, that they might seek you and, and, and your help during this difficult time. Lord, most of all, we pray that this could stop, that there could be an end to this war, that people could stop dying and killing each other. And so, Lord, we just pray for peace in that part of our world right now and for those people, especially who are living in it every day. We pray this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's turn in our Bibles today to Matthew chapter 6. We have been there quite a bit recently. Uh, of course, this is continuing our series entitled Following Jesus. And um, these are various teachings of Jesus, specifically from the Sermon on the Mount, these past few Sundays. And uh, we looked at um, the grace of Jesus. Last Sunday was the compassion of Jesus. And now today we're considering the contentment uh, that Jesus encourages and exemplifies. So I'll be reading verses 19 through 34 of Matthew 6. It says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and varmin, vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body is full of darkness. If then light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate, one, hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. And yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the earth, clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom. And his righteousness. And all of these things will be given to you as well. 
Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And to that, we can all say amen. <laughs> well, this week, um, through social media, I, I asked those of you who have social media or saw it to, to think about a person in your life who has been or is a picture or example of contentment for you. Just think about that for a moment. Could be in your past, could be someone now. I thought of several, actually, but one that really stuck out to me was my pastor as I was growing up at Carlsbad Mennonite Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And uh, Peter Hartman is his name. Not only was he our pastor at the church, but I was best friends with his son. And so I ended up being at their house a lot. And I got to witness Pastor Peter, not only at church, but also in his home with his family and, and other people. And I have never seen someone go about life in such a peaceful and caring and contented manner as I witnessed in Peter. I wish I could say that about my life. I saw his example, but I, I can't say that I've lived up to, to that or, or Jesus because I often fail. I try to, um, but of course, as we've talked about, some of these things that we are called to be as followers of Jesus are hard. But that doesn't mean we give up and, and we don't try. As we've noted already, these teachings of Christ must be the goal that we desire to reach in our life. And Jesus himself, of course, wants to help us be able to do these things, like extend grace to others, even our enemies, and have compassion for those people who are in need. Often we hear these verses uh, that we're hearing this morning from Matthew 6. And I think, you know, when we hear about them, we think of money, we think of material possessions. And, you know, it talks about earthly treasures versus uh, heavenly treasures. And I, you know, rightly so. I mean, that's what Jesus is talking about here. But I think if we really think about what the underlying theme of all of these verses are, it's really about contentment. How can we be content with what we have in Jesus and our faith that, you know, all of the other things don't really matter as much? And thus, we don't worry about them. Well, now that you've thought of who that person is that represents contentment for you, I'd like us to ask ourselves a question. How would you fill in this blank on the screen? I will be content when? I'll give you a few moments to think about that. I'll be content when? When I'm healed? When I am promoted? 
when I get a raise, when I'm married, when I'm rich, when I have children, when I get a better job, when I finally get that 2022 Lamborghini. Probably most of you aren't thinking that, but... <laughs> but how would you fill in that blank? <clears throat> and then here's another question to think about. If your blank never happens, if your dream never comes true, if the circumstance or situation never changes, would you be discontented? In our world, there are so many people who are discontented with some aspect of their life, and they are constantly, constantly looking for something to soothe that discontentment. I don't know, perhaps we should replace the word uh, they there with we. <laughs> Put ourselves in that sentence. We search for something better. We want something better. And we don't think we can find contentment until we get there. It's that age-old saying, the, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. I heard a, a really good story this week that this couple decided one time that, well, it's time for them to buy a new house. They're tired of their old one. They're ready for a new house. And so they decided to sell their old one, and they called this realtor uh, to come, and they put the matter in her hands and the realtor's hands. So the agent comes over and, and checks out the whole house, the property and all that, writes down everything, you know, and, and then she goes back and she comes up with this nice sales blurb to get everybody's attention. Well, after, the, after she showed the couple this nice ad that she had come up with for their house, uh, they turned to her and she said, and, and said, does our house really have everything that you say it has here? She said, it certainly does. Why do you ask? And they replied and they said, well, cancel the sale then because this house is exactly what we're looking for. <laughs> you know, sometimes, sometimes we even become envious or I think we sometimes even become resentful of those who seem to have attained or maybe accumulated more than we have. And envy is something that's mentioned uh, as a sin many times in the Bible. And James, the brother of Jesus, wrote this in uh, James 3.16. It says, For where you have envy and selfish ambition, that's where you're going to find disorder and every evil practice. And of course, Solomon's known as being the wisest man in the world. In all of his wisdom, he said this about envy in Proverbs 14.30. He said, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy root, rots the bones. Do you hear what I hear in that, that verse? I hear it saying... A heart that is at peace. A heart that is content gives life to the body. 
That inner sense of peace and contentment is the goal that followers of Jesus need to aim towards. It's not easy. It's, uh, it's even hard when you live in a world like we live in that is always aiming everything at you to make you uh, discontented or feel like you don't have enough or you need something else. And our flesh too often wants to listen to those voices. Well, I keep saying it, but all of these things that we're talking about are hard. But they are attainable. They are attainable through our faith in Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through our lives. Contentment in life is something that will be a blessing to us if we can find it. In these verses today, Jesus is telling us to keep these things on earth in their proper perspective. Don't stress yourself out trying to accumulate so many treasures on earth. You can't take them with you. I heard a song recently and, and it said this. It said, I've been comparing shiny new toys. It's just the root and the thief of my joy. And it truly can be the thief of our joy. In verse 20, Jesus says that we are to store up treasures in heaven instead. And that is how we find joy and contentment in life. So I got to thinking, okay, what are those treasures in life or treasures in heaven that he's talking about? And in many ways, uh, in many ways, they aren't really treasures as we think about treasures here on, on earth. You know, heavenly treasures are found in things like having a generous heart toward God and others. Acts of service, tithing. Investing in the kingdom of God so that other people are helped. Sowing seeds so that other people will hear the good news of Jesus. Keeping our focus on God is really the key to all of that. You see, we're focused on the Lord and serving the Lord instead of all of the things in the world. I heard it said one time. Uh, the person who is grateful is never truly poor. And the person who isn't is never truly rich. Jesus says two things here. I got a head on my slides, didn't I? There we go. Jesus says two things here that are very important. In verse 21, he says, for where your treasure is, that's where your heart is going to be also. And then at the end of verse 24, he says, you can't serve both God and money. And so the question we need to ask ourselves, I think, is, is twofold. Where is my heart focused? And who am I serving in the things that I am doing? And then maybe a third question could be, is my level of contentment in life Related to my answer to those two questions. Um, contentment, though, 
does not mean complacency. As Christians, we should, you know, we should be trying to be better. We're try, we should try to better our circumstances as we have opportunity to. In fact, Scripture in, encourages us uh, to work hard, to do our best, to press on, and, and then to be blessed by the rewards that come our way from those things. And, you know, Jesus also is not saying that having things is wrong. Even having a lot of things or a lot of money is not wrong if your heart is in tune with God and you are seeking the Lord's wisdom on how to be a blessing with all of that. When we start to focus on those large amounts, you know, we sometimes can become selfish we can become greedy, and sometimes we can become self-serving. Those are the kind of attitudes that Jesus is warning us about here. And then as we move on to verses 25 through 34, the focus is less on treasures, and Jesus starts to talk about worry. You see, worry has a lot to do with contentment as well. If we are constantly worrying about things, it's hard to feel like you're content in life. And, you know, there are many things that, that cause us to worry. Relationships, health, finances, the, the state of our culture and our world. And, of course, the list can go on. But how do you handle those Areas that worry you often. I think it's safe to say that we all worry from time to time. Uh, it's just another one of those fleshly things that, you know, we struggle with. But Jesus reminds us here in verse 27 that worrying is not going to add a single day or a single hour to your life. In fact, it probably takes hours from our life. And so how do you deal with it? Jesus says that seeking the kingdom of God is the way to overcome worry and find peace and contentment in your life. And over in verse 7 of chapter 7, he says that those who seek the kingdom are going to find it. So the, the key word there is to seek after God and to lean on Jesus in those times that you experience worry and fear, and you can find his peace and his contentment in your heart. I don't know about you, but um, I know some people who worry about things that may never happen. <laughs> um, and yet, they allow those worries to rob them of peace and joy in their life, the peace and joy in life that Jesus can give to them. Now, you know, I'm sure that all of us have worried about something that never happened. We could all say we're probably guilty of that. And how many nights do we, how many nights do we lay awake worrying about things like that? It, it seems like the nighttime is always the hardest when it comes to this. You know, we, we lay there awake and our minds just go all these different directions. 
the late Bishop Ernest Fitzgerald used to tell about a man that he knew uh, some years ago that lived in one of the isolated corners of the Blue Ridge Mountains. And, uh, you know, life was hard for this guy. Every day he tried to do his little hillside farm and he was experiencing drought and the winds and the cold. And uh, yet he was this, he, he said he was this most content and serene man uh, that he had ever known. And so he asked this guy one time, he said, uh, if he had ever had any troubles and if he ever had any sleepless nights. And he said, sure, I've had my troubles. But he said, I haven't had any sleepless nights. He said this, he said, when I go to bed, I say, Lord, you have to sit up all night anyway. So there's no point in both of us losing sleep. <laughs> you look after the things tonight, he says to God, and, and when tomorrow comes, I'll do my best to help you out. <laughs> I, thought that was, I thought that was good. But, you know, Scripture says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And we, we find that joy when we find peace and contentment of Christ in our life. And we can also find some good nights of sleep as well, I'm convinced. If the Apostle Paul can be content and find joy as he sat in prison, surely we can find it as well and we can learn it and we can grow in it like Paul did. If you remember what Paul said, he said um, that, we, that he is content in all things. <clears throat> What I mean by that is instead of looking for things that will, we think will make us content and make us happy, we need to learn just how to be content in Christ. If you are a follower of Jesus and you find yourself in a difficult situation, just maybe... That is an opportunity for you to grow and mature in your faith and in this. Maybe it's an opportunity to find contentment in that situation through your relationship with Christ. So often, you know, contentment is not pretending things are right when they are not right, but it is displaying the peace that comes to you in knowing that God is bigger than all of your problems. In 1 Timothy 6, verse we heard earlier, Paul said, Godliness with contentment is great gain. That one verse can hold the key to spiritual growth and fulfillment in your life. Honor God, center your life around Jesus and find contentment with what he is doing in your life. The cornerstone of contentment for Paul, of course, was undoubtedly found in Jesus Christ. He said it over and over in the books that he wrote. And that should be said, uh, that could be said or should be said of us as his followers of, uh, followers of Jesus uh, today. We often sing that song, Cornerstone. And uh, I thought of the chorus to that song this week as I was thinking about these things. And it says, Christ alone is the cornerstone. The weak are made strong 
in the Savior's love. And I thought we could also change that to say the weak are made strong in the Savior's peace and contentment. Through the storm, we go on to sing, He is Lord. He is Lord of all. If we remember all that Jesus has done for us, dying on the cross for our sins, securing our salvation and a future in heaven for us, restoring our relationship with God through His grace and His forgiveness, how can we not be content? You know, what else can really matter besides those things? And so as believers and followers of Jesus, we need to keep our focus on the right things in life. And as we see in these words of Jesus this morning, the key to that is trying to live in a life uh, that is free of discontent and worry and fear. And so in closing this morning, let's just take a look at those three things real quick and make them a focus of our life <clears throat> moving forward. First, honor God with your blessings and store up treasures in heaven. With all that you are and all that you have, put God first and don't allow the things of this world to redirect your focus. And then second, center your life around Jesus. Make sure that you are involved. Uh, make sure that the things that you are involved in, in in life don't move you from that center. Now, of course, not everything we do is going to be necessarily centered around Christ. But you can center everything that you do in Christ and around Christ. So think of it that way. And then third, find contentment with what Jesus is doing in your life. Even in the most difficult hours of, of life, you can find peace and contentment and rest in the promises of God's word in the fruit of the Holy Spirit that is within you as a believer, and you can find the peace of Jesus. And so I hope that I hope that you will rest in his peace and that you will find his joy in whatever you're facing today or that you will face in the days ahead. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together and let's go to the Lord in prayer as we are dismissed this morning. <clears throat> Lord, we, we come before you this morning and we thank you for uh, what you have done for us, what you give to us in life. And we, uh, we sometimes forget that that is all we really need in life, to have your forgiveness and your peace and, and our faith in you and the promise of salvation and eternal life. But Lord, when the things of this world weigh on us, when worry invades our heart and our mind, Help us to turn to you. Help us to turn it over to you and ask you to help us to find a contented heart and the peace that you offer to us. Lord, I don't know what each person here this morning is facing, but Lord, I pray that we can leave from here today and we can look to you for contentment and peace in whatever situation we are facing. So Lord, I pray your blessing upon us as we depart today. Thank you for each one here. May God bless each one here. Help us to have a wonderful week. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. Have a great week, everyone.
All right, then.